When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, and welcome to The Paddock in the Pavilion with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket. In episode four of What Was It Like To?, I spoke to Neil Graham, who in late August 1988 took over the licence to train horses for the Queen at our West Ilsley stables in Berkshire. What was it like to train for the Queen? Well, it was an honour to train for her. Um, but probably practically, she's such a, a knowledgeable horsewoman and she's so enthusiastic about the horses. And, um, you know, her background knowledge, uh, you know, the horses' pedigrees, the, the, the families she owns, um, it, she, it makes her a very interested owner. You know, she's interested in the horses and themselves and as individuals, as characters. And, you know, she has a, a very valid opinion on on, on many aspects of them, you know, so, so, so it makes her a, a joy to train for, really. And how did it all come about that you trained for the Queen? Well, it was a bit of a long story. It was during the time when um, Dick Hearn, he'd had his hunting accident in the early 1980s, um, but he fell um, seriously ill in 1988 and was taken into hospital and and there was some concern for a while that he uh, he may not survive. But I think at that stage, the jockey club were particularly concerned that as he held the license, that if something were to go wrong, that somebody needed to be held responsible um, uh, you know, for, for whatever was happening. And um, I think at the time I was the obvious person to be held responsible. So the license was transferred into my name for that autumn of 1988. Because you'd been training in America before then, is that right? Yes, I'd been with Ian Balding for about five years as assistant. And one of Ian's owners had asked me um, to go over to America with an idea um, to train probably in the Midwest, because it was the time when Shug McGahee and Bill Mott had moved to go and train on the West Coast for the Ogden Phipps family and for Bert Firestone. And um, they felt there was a sort of gap in the Midwest. And they asked me if I was interested in going over there so I went over there and um 
um, was actually just spending some time with John Gosden when he was in California just to learn the ropes over there when I was asked to come back. So uh, that's how it came about. And you mentioned the Queen's interest in racing, which is well known. Can you give us some examples? Did she come over, come to the gallops and visit the horses on a regular basis? Yeah, she would come to the gallops fairly regularly and also to evening stables. You know, she loved to come in the morning and um, see the horses out, you know, at exercise, particularly on gallop mornings because they're the most interesting. And uh, But if she came for evening stables, she didn't just come and look at her own horses. She liked to go and look at every horse in the yard, you know, and um, would ask questions about pedigrees, what a sire's progeny were like, and, you know, questions like that, really. And when a horse ran, did she want to know what how it ran and and also when she went racing on, on the day's racing yes she would yes no she'd be very interested you know had to report to her afterwards how the horse had got on what the jockey had said and therefore what the thoughts for the future may be about you know going trip you know likely standard of race in which the horse could run and might win you know just questions like that really you train some winners for the cream what's it like on race day when you train a winner for her um, I think there was only one occasion that she actually came racing, and that was um, when a horse called Hall of Mirrors won. And um, she was, I think she'd been, she'd had some sort of function in Newmarket in the morning. And so we had, I had two runners for her that afternoon. And um, so she came and had lunch and watched the two horses. I, I don't remember what happened to the other one, but the Hall of Mirrors duly won, and she was absolutely delighted. You must get uh, a lot of crowd support when you've got a, uh, a jockey in the in the Queen's silks riding for you? Yes, yes. Oh, I mean, it's coming up to the Platinum Jubilee now, but, you know, she's, she's still, I think she's held in great affection by people. You know, she's been such a wonderful monarch. She's had such great longevity, isn't she? And um, I, th- I think people genuinely love her. And and what what jockeys rode for you, for the Queen, when you were training for her? Um, well, Willie Carson would have predominantly ridden the horses. Um, Brian Proctor used to sometimes ride the sort of second string horses. So I, I forget exactly, but Willie would have certainly ridden by far the majority of them. Yes, definitely. And in a much broader sense, with her now owning horses for over 70 years, um, how important has she been to British racing and to the world of racing? That those families that she's, you know, the, of the horses that she's racing, they, they, they've been in royal ownership, I mean, for generations, an awfully long time. I mean, I know she has bought into some new families, but some of those older families, you know, they've been there a long time. And it's wonderful to have that sense of continuity um, in the pedigrees. And um, there are obviously fewer and fewer of those sort of large owner breeders left anymore, certainly English ones. Um, so I, th- I think that is that sort of sense of continuity is is, is marvellous for English racing and something we should cherish. And you must have gone to Sandringham Stud on many occasions when you were when you were training for it. Yes, probably not so much when I was always training because we're often quite busy with the horses. But through the years, I certainly have been to Sandringham quite a few times. Yes, to see the horses. Yes. And during that uh, 1988 period, you also trained the the winner of the. St. Ledger, Minster's son. Was that your most memorable day training? Yes, I think it was. Yes. He'd um he'd won the Gordon Stakes, uh, Glorious Goodwood before that. And um 
he'd always looked like he would relish that sort of extra trip. Um, I remember in particularly that um, we, we, the ground had been quite quick at Doncaster that week and Minster Sun particularly liked quite fast ground. But um, we used to fly to the races with Willie uh, Carson in his in his own plane. And um, we were flying up there that day. And the rain, I remember, was absolutely pelting down onto the aeroplane as we went there. And Willie was cursing. He was so upset and annoyed because he thought it might alter the going and therefore Minster Sun's chances. But um, anyway, and actually, I remember during the race, he... Um, diminuendo sort of two out looked as if she was crawling all over the top of the horses but um we got to the furlong marker and she just started to weaken and she just didn't really stay that day and minister sun outstayed her and went past her but so it was a great you know it was a great victory particularly to win a classic for any trainer it's a you know the pinnacle well thank you uh neil for joining me on your what was it like to moment you must look back with pride at being a trainer for the queen uh, especially now as we look forward to the platinum jubilee derby which we all hope she will be there to watch yeah definitely you know as i said she's she's somebody that i certainly hold in great esteem and affection and i think she's she's wonderful for the country and um you know i could would have nothing but the highest praise for her and it was it was certainly a great honor for me yes thank you very much pleasure during his time at west illsley neil trained nashwan to win the red oaks autumn stakes at ascot Prince of Dance to win the Dewhurst Stakes, El Harib to win the William Hill Futurity Stakes, and as Neil said, Minster Sun to win the St Ledger. Neil also trained seven winners for the Queen. Dick Hearn returned to train for the Queen at the beginning of the 1989 season, alongside Neil as his assistant. The following year, Neil moved to Coronation Stables Newmarket to set up on his own. Neil finished training at Coronation Stables in 2004 before he moved to Godolphin as second trainer to Saeed bin Sarur. Following a heart attack in 2008, he had to leave Godolphin. Neil has worked for Chelmsford City Racecourse since it opened in 2015 and is now their director of racing. Thank you for listening to The Paddock and the Pavilion. You can download the show on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at The Pad and Pav. Don't forget, if you like the show, please do leave us a rating and review. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.